Tell me what it's, when you set boundaries and you are firm about your boundaries, um, whether that is with your family, friends, your to-do list, uh, public events, whatever, what does that do to the body? Like emotionally, what does it do to the body? Because I feel like boundaries is one of the self-care items that we don't do enough but when we do do them, it's almost like a sense of relief. Yeah, for me, for, from what I've seen, it's, it creates a sense of safety inside for me. And not only for you, I really believe that when we make boundaries, it makes the people around us feel safe too. Because they know where they stand. They also know like this person is going to protect themselves. But if we look at it from kind of an inner child perspective, and this is, I, I use this a lot because that has what has helped me so much is like this visual of imagine that you've got this little like three-year-old girl that you're looking after and she's telling you, hey, this is making me uncomfortable. Would you say like, no, like shut up, like just ignore it. You're fine. You're fine. Or would you be like, oh my God, you're uncomfortable or you're scared right now. You feel unsafe. Okay. Like, let me do something to protect you. Yeah. When we have that visual, it's so much easier to actually do that. But if we think about every time we ignore like a gut feeling, every time we let people treat us in a way that we don't want to be treated or whatever it may be, we're inflicting a wound. Like we are letting ourselves be wounded and of course, there's there's another person involved. But if we don't set any boundaries at all, we are wounding ourselves again and again and again. We're wounding that little child that we're not protecting. And so I have found for me, boundaries makes me feel super, super safe and secure. And I'm very grateful to say that the people in my life have honored my boundaries. I know that's not the case for others. Yeah. Um, and there's like levels of boundaries you can go through, but for me, setting those boundaries has made me feel so much safer and, and able to then continue to be around certain people because these boundaries have been set. And it was really cool though, because my sister-in-law was like, you know, we're not good at setting boundaries, her and and, um, her husband. And, and she was like, but seeing you set your boundaries so clearly, like gives me confidence that we can start to do that too. Yeah. I know. I think that's one of the things that I am learning most recently is number one, it's important to set your boundaries. It's healthy to set the boundaries and that your body actually reacts in such a positive way once you affirm those boundaries to whatever, to whomever. Mm -hmm. Um, And my nervous system starts to regulate better when I say I cannot do this or I don't have the capacity to do this or I don't have time to do this because I have other, you know, obligations or priorities. And when it's, when you're, when you say it and you set those boundaries, I do feel like my whole body starts to relax more. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is, it's the safety part. Like, oh, now I feel safe now mm-hmm. that I said no, or I can only do this much and that's it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, cause there's kind of, 
it becomes two wounds because there's the initial wound of in present day moment, I'm getting asked to do something I'm not comfortable with, or I'm pushing myself too hard. And so we're inflicting a wound in that present moment of, I did not protect myself in the present, but then it's also triggering and picking at old wounds from childhood when, when our caretakers didn't set boundaries to protect us or et cetera, et cetera. So there's really, it's like we're inflicting a present day wound and we're like tearing at this old wound. So it's like doubly painful and dysregulating. And you know, for me, it's so funny. The boundaries too are my professional career and my corporate life that I had. It was like they had boundaries for me. Oh, okay. And... I couldn't get out of those boundaries and I couldn't set my own boundaries uh-huh. or I had a hard time setting my own boundaries against the corporate world, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, no, I'm not going to check email after five o'clock. Mm-hmm. That should be a boundary. No, I'm not going to check my email on vacation. That should be a boundary. But because you feel like, well, that's what the expectation from the corporate world, I never had boundaries. I just kind of followed orders. And so now I'm learning how to put boundaries in my personal and my professional life and mostly in my professional life. Yeah. <laughs> it's so wild. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So I think what we had talked about coming into this is emotions are high for both of us <laughs> <laughs> for a variety of reasons. And as I was mulling over the questions I wanted to ask you, What I was thinking about is it might be really interesting to get a picture of when you're overwhelmed or when you're filled with anxiety for both of us, what, first of all, what does that look like and feel like? But then I kind of want to contrast it with what are the old limiting patterns that you used to fall into or maybe still sometimes fall into? And what I mean by limiting patterns is like when I'm overwhelmed, I do this thing that really limits my life. It's actually not helping me that much. And then what are the more expansive patterns that you're trying to step into more and more or that you have stepped into? But how about we just start with like, where where are we at? <laughs> it's been a while, two weeks. Um, so currently, I, I have enormous amount of anxiety, you know, for medical reasons and then the holidays are coming. This is the first time in 20 years that I will not be working a nine to five. I'm not working for anyone else anymore. And the first time in 20 years that I'm not negotiating big TV media contracts that would take me all the way up until like Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it would be frazzled and I could never really enjoy the holidays. Or if I did, it would be half-assed, right? Mm-hmm. Or I would literally buy everything just to make other people happy because I couldn't be presently there or, you know, maybe physically, but mentally I wasn't. And I'm trying to grasp around that concept that, wow, this is the first holiday in my 44 years of, you know, and then the last 20 years where I get to choose how present I want to be Mm -hmm. during the holiday season and with my children and my husband and my parents and my brothers is giving me anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can you dissect that a little more? Because I think 
in my mind, it's like, oh, this is the first Christmas I've had, you know, free of this corporate world. I think the initial thought is she's probably easy breezy, you know, beautiful cover girl over here, just chilling. But of course the medical piece is a lot of anxiety for you, but is there anxiety around like, I still feel like I need to be go, 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 even though my, my mind and my body saying, Hey, it's okay to rest. Yeah. And so, as you know, I mean, I have the, the candle business and this is, you know, the best part of the year for a candle business. So I am go, go, go on that part. Um, But I have set boundaries in that business because it's my business. So I know when I'm going to end like doing in-person events. And I think it's the anxiety has given me that, you know, I have a choice to be present as present as I want to be. And I get to now enjoy every single minute of the holiday. No one else is telling me what I have to do anymore. I get to make that choice and it's, I have never been in this situation where, wow, I get to make that choice for myself now. And it's almost that limiting belief of, no, you cannot make your own choice. There's still other external factors going on. Okay. And I wonder if there's a piece of it that's also like, I don't know how to make this choice. Like I get to be present now, but do I really know how to do that in this holiday season? Maybe a little bit. I, uh, for sure. Okay. I, and that's not even a maybe. It's, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm, I, I feel the anxiety of I'm so confused. How am I supposed to navigate this time period? Which by the way, I love this time. My children love it so much. And I'm a little uncertain of how to, relax I I don't know if I know how to be fully present Leanne I wonder because what I'm hearing is a little bit of like a fear of disappointing people like oh this is the year I get to be fully present and I'm afraid that if I don't have all these other things as reasons why I can't be present then if I don't be fully present it's on me yeah and I, I won't have anything to hide behind. Not that you were consciously doing that before, but yeah. that might be a little bit of like going on in the background of like, oh, this is fully on me, whether I show up or I don't show up. And of course I want to show up. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. And you know, and no one has, no one's expecting anything of me except relax, enjoy, and let's bring in the new year uh, with yeah. hope and courage and, and all the dreams that we have for 2023. Yeah. And I mean, I think I'm putting this pressure all on myself to just be there emotionally, physically for Alexandra and for Mia. Yeah. Maybe like a high I haven't been in the last few years, you know, bake the cookies and um, watch TV with them and all of those things. That mm-hmm. So I, I'm just kind of, I'm in that space of like, and I don't need to be anxious about it, but I do, I bring this upon myself. The other thing in the last couple of weeks that I have really come to understand is where my anxiety sits in my body and definitely know and confirm that it all sits in my chest Mm -hmm. which then comes to you know understanding why like I've had breast cancer my heart condition and it all sits in that area so I'm learning how to navigate when that alarm goes off in my body physically how do I calm it down? Not just by thinking positive thoughts, but how do I physically 
like with by touch, of course, mm-hmm. touch my chest, breathe into it. Why am I anxious? What's making me anxious? I'm asking a lot of questions um, the last two weeks and really asking myself what just happened to make this alarm go off uh-huh. or what in the future, like meaning that day, not tomorrow or that next, am I already bringing up this anxiety or is, am I going to have to talk to someone today that just think they, they just give me anxiety. So I'm really starting to tap into my physical body um, while I'm having these moments of anxiety and panic. So, yeah. And it's been, it's been, it's been helpful. I love that you're, you're looking at those physical symptoms now as like signs and communication. And I want to get into that more, but let's start with typically when you're feeling super, super anxious, what behavioral and or other emotional patterns, what limiting patterns do you find yourself going into? And I know this year specifically has been such a year of growth around this. So you might need to go back like a couple years when you were super, super anxious, what, how, where do you go? <laughs> how does that manifest in your life in terms of your behaviors and your emotions? Well, I, definitely frustration. You know, and I've said this before. So Diana gets into anger and frustration. <laughs> it's like the only thing I know. No, um, and I know, I know super happiness. The, the, remember the super joy? Yeah, yeah, super yeah. Grateful. But the way it manifests is frustration and anger and then the limiting beliefs that immediately flood through is I don't deserve this or I'm feeling dismissed. Mm-hmm. So those are really, it, I immediately go there. Mm-hmm. So it's like this most recently, I don't deserve to be healthy, like top notch healthy. There's, so there's always another appointment that's going to tell me that I'm not as healthy as I can't, you know, I should be or something like that. Or, um, or someone's dismissing me mm-hmm. or I don't feel heard and seen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, I mean, it's instant. And then how does that anger and the frustration then start to manifest? Like give us a little bit of a picture of what a day might look like. Oof. I'm like not as patient. I'm yelling a lot more. <laughs> I'm because I think especially because like we're no, getting to know each other so much more. I think you go into like full fight mode. Like that's the 100%. stress response you're in. Yep. And I think that also manifests as like, less patience, but then also kind of like go, go, go. Yeah. Just like hit everything yeah. head on. So it's fight or flight mode, 100% for me. And I am extremely impatient. Um, I cannot tolerate things. Um, the anger comes in. And really, it's not anger. I mean, I, th- I have to really like sit myself down. I'm not angry. It's I'm frustrated. Yeah. Or I am so discouraged. Um, I'm disheartened. But it's a lot of frustration. Fight or flight. And then I become this, oh yeah, I don't need your help. <laughs> I can do this all by myself. Uh, Watch me. And then the pride comes in. Mm. Whew, and that's big. And we'll need to work on that at some point. The pride <laughs> comes in of, fuck all of you and watch me. Uh-huh. But then it stirs up. It like the anger, the frustration. It's sitting in my body. Yeah. And then it starts giving me anxiety and stress. Well, it's this downward spiral where you have anxiety. You then it turns into anger and frustration, 
which then leads to this like hyperactivity mode, which then leads to more anxiety. And it becomes this really fast downward spiral. It's this crazy wild ride. And, but it, it becomes a vicious cycle. And I have seen myself for, for, for years doing this, for years doing this. And, so, and But at the root cause of all of this is I'm feeling dismissed mm-hmm. or something or someone made me feel like I don't deserve this or I'm telling myself, yeah, I don't deserve this. Yeah, Like I don't deserve this happiness. I don't deserve peace. And it's funny because for the past few years, I've only been asking for peace. Yeah. Inner peace. It's really interesting that you say that, that those in any time of stress these are the beliefs that start to come up because I have them too. And I really do believe we all have these sort of stories or beliefs that we go to in these moments. For me, when I'm like in a really big pit of overwhelm, the first limiting beliefs that jump up are you're all alone in this world. There's no one here to help you. There's no one here who knows you. And it's really just like, you're all alone. And then because of that, I start to isolate myself so much more. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's like a really pointed thing for us to be aware of for anyone. What are the stories we start to tell ourselves or what are the beliefs we start to loop on in hard times? Yeah. And are they true or can we start to dismantle those a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. And what about for you when, when those moments come and you know we are going through some, some things uh, separately What's your, what's your go-to? Where do you go? Where does your mind go? Where does your, first of all, I want to know where your alarm is in your body Mm. physically. Like when that, when the stress and anxiety and the limiting beliefs come through and then where do you go from there? Yeah. So presently I'm in a place of intense grief and a little bit of shock. Um, but and I have done a lot of work around when I'm when I'm stressed or any any intense emotions come up, the past pattern, the old limiting patterns are it immediately turns into overwhelm. Like when I'm stressed or anxious or sad about something, all of a sudden, like everything in my life is too much to manage. (laughs) Even though it's really not, and like logically I know it's not, all of a sudden everything becomes overwhelming. Like the thought of making dinner becomes overwhelming. And again, like this, what this old limiting pattern would look like and would sort of spiral into is everything becomes overwhelming. So I stop caring for myself. Mm. And I go into, in the past, it would be like deep dissociation where I, like not even brushing my teeth at night. I'm yeah. telling you like yeah. bad, bad dissociation. Yeah, Barely eating, just like not nourishing my body, not doing all of my good healthy habits and just checking out from reality. Like I would just stop connecting with friends, stop checking in with my family, like barely communicating, isolating, isolating, isolating for sure. And I, there were times in my life where I could be in that place for months, truly truly months. And so now because I've spent literally like a year or so on this dissociation and and on like the root cause of the dissociation, now I'm shifting a lot more. Oh, and where do I feel it in my body? So I'll talk about yeah. that. For me, it's my gut mm. and it's my stomach and my neck. Oh. And so I know if I have neck pain that's flaring up and I didn't do anything to cause a neck pain flare up, 
there's some heavy emotions going on, but my digestion gets really wonky. Okay. When I'm not like in a good headspace for okay. sure. So, so let's talk about what we're like trying to shift into in terms of expansive patterns that actually, instead of limiting us, help us expand more into what we're trying to get to. So for me, what I'm trying to do is, first of all, not be so overwhelmed. Like I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling stressed, and I've gotten so much better at this over the last year of, I can feel it. Cause I still a little bit, and it's not as intense as it used to be, but I still a little bit feel that subconscious mind wanting to go into that belief of, okay, everything is overwhelming now. But now that I see it coming, I'm able to go kind of tune in and go, no, this is, life is still totally manageable. These are some big emotions. And then do some really, really pointed emotional attunement and emotional release so that I'm not just like bypassing the emotions, but I'm really tuning in and letting them come up. And then the other big, big one for me, because I think two big ones for me that like are the expansive patterns I'm trying to expand into is first of all, not shutting down. So even in those hard moments, sticking with the healthy habits that are going to actually allow me to keep going. And I don't mean, I want to be careful here because I don't mean that it's like, if you are depleted and overwhelmed, like you still need to get to the gym and kill yourself. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah. But also like most of my habits are just super basic things (laughs) like getting 20 minutes of sunshine, drinking enough water, eating nourishing food, getting to bed at a good time. So all of those things are really genuinely things that I can maintain no matter what. But so often for me, what would happen is once I was in that place of overwhelm, all of those would go out the door. And then of course it's that same downward spiral that everything is just building on itself. So that for me is like a big, big pointed thing. When I feel it coming up, I'm like, okay, you need to be even more intentional about nourishing your body, your mind, and your spirit. And then the third one for me is not isolating Yeah, because that, I mean, that only makes it worse, but I think I've also over the last two years been really intentional about nourishing friendships and fostering deep friendships so that people can actually know me letting people in and letting them know me and so that's another big thing because I again I still a little bit feel the pull to isolate although it's nowhere near as intense as it used to be like if that if that magnetic pull to isolate was like a 10 before now it's like a two yeah you know it's amazing so it's a massive difference but again it's just like really pointed internal dialogues with myself of like Isolating is not going to help you and you're not alone. You have a community. People care about you. There are people in your life who can help you. Yeah. And being very intentional about messaging some friends. Hey, can we have a call if they don't live nearby? Hey, can we meet up to talk? I'm not doing so good, blah, blah, blah. So those are like the expansive patterns I'm trying to continue to integrate more and more. What about you? What are you hoping like shifting into? So you know, I've done a lot of the work on the dismissed, being dismissed and not deserving. So, you know, I've evoxed this out with you and and so much has been unraveled and unpeeled this year. And those two are still um, the ones I am expanding on, but also the understanding of them. Mm-hmm. 
So one of them is, of course, that I am committed to my well-being and that I deserve to be in good health. Mm-hmm. And that just because I have survived cancer twice doesn't mean I have to play small in my health. That I, that yeah, I did. I, that's, I, I beat it. And I deserve to continue to live a healthy and happy life. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on expanding on that. Because would you say before, like when you would get into a, a downward spiral, you'd start telling yourself these things like, oh, I don't deserve to be healthy. Oh, yeah. And then would that spill over into I'm not caring for myself anymore? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. And then it would also be, you don't go after the bigger dreams because, mm-hmm. you know, that's when, that's when I started playing small. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, but, you know, a lot of it is now the commitment to, like you said, is uh, the well-being part, the resting For me, it's resting. Mm -hmm. Being in a fight or flight mode all the time, rest is really important in my life. And I really have to make, that's where the boundaries come in, Uh right? I have to put the boundaries with my family, my friends, the events, the, oh, Diana, can you be here? Can you do this? No, actually I cannot because I need to sit Mm -hmm. and watch TV or I need to just get on my vibrating plate. Or I need to go take a walk. Or guess what? I'm going to read tonight. That's all I'm going to do. I don't need to do anything else. So resting is such a huge thing because I deserve to rest. Yeah. And I'm committed to, to this this new mm-hmm. way of being. Instead of, if we're contrasting it to what you maybe would do in the past, it's like pedal to the metal, go, go, go. Yes. <laughs> and that's part of my personality, right? And by the way, it has actually helped me in certain things. Totally. It, it, it's, it hasn't been negative the entire time, but my body is telling me, mm-hmm. you now get to decide yes. how hard you want to press on that pedal. So I'm learning that, that, you know, that that's, you know, and then I deserve to have this rest yeah. and I deserve to be in good health, but there are steps I need to be committed to in order to let that resonate well in my body, mm-hmm. which is doing my yoga, doing Pilates or whatever it is that I need to do. And when I don't want to do them, I don't have to do them either. Mm-hmm. That if I don't do something for my health that one day, my body's not going to unravel. Totally. And there's a, such a big difference because I think you said something that's really potent is we're not saying like go, go, go is bad. We just want to be able to have a choice versus these things feel more like compulsions or more like I'm already in this. I'm like, I'm on this train and I can't stop it, you know? And, and for both of us, it's the exact opposite for you. It's like, I've gotten on the hyperactive train (laughs) and who knows when it's stopping. And for me, (laughs) but you know that sometimes I feel like I'm masking things. I'm masking the fact that I need to uh, sit down and rest and take some time off. Totally. And you know, I love isolating myself sometimes. <laughs> Actually, no, but, but I think it's that's, good for me. Right. Well, and that's what we're saying is like, there is a time and a place for all of these. The difference is like for me in the past, I would be, I would get on that dissociation train and it, the same thing. It's like, I feel powerless to get off of it. And I feel powerless that I'm like, I'm getting pulled onto it. I can't stop this. And now I'm in it. And I just need to be in it until somehow this magically lifts. That is such an important phrase you just said about, you, you know, you're you're on whatever 
either isolation or like me, you are on this really fast paced and you feel like you almost can't like get off of it Mm -hmm. because if you do, then what's next? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the, what I see in my mind is instead of us being powerless to these things, because again, there's, there's a time to go into some isolation. There's a time to go into really intense work mode. There's a time to commune with friends, all these different things. But instead of it's like, we're at this train station and this like magnetic force is pulling us on whatever train's coming. Instead, it's like, we're at a train station and we see these five different tracks in front of us. And maybe all the trains are pulling up at the same time, but we get to decide which one we get on. Yep. And we get to decide when we want to get off of that and get on a different one. And also the t- the, t- the time period that we're going to be on that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, exactly. It's, it's okay not to like- isolate yourself for the entire freaking weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Sunday. Yes, because that's when you're, mm-hmm. you're resetting and you don't need to be on social media. You don't need to be doing anything. You could be doing nothing. And then when it's time to take action because you want to create something and you know that within okay the next four weeks I need to be go 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 because I have a personal deadline or you or you've committed to something and you know but you're like it's only going to be four weeks and after those four weeks Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to you know so there's also we get to decide the time period that we're on those things yeah so the other one is you know feeling um dismissed and that's you know it's always been a big one for me it's been my my entire life has Mm -hmm. been that but I've really started to expand on that and I really started to come to terms on a lot of that and And the dismissed one for you I think is when you get into that like anger prove them wrong hundred thing I mean that's me (laughs) and then the pride comes in but a lot of times when I think about why I'm feeling dismissed is I've I've dismissed myself mm-hmm. literally on a daily basis at times I'm only dismissing myself no one has dismissed me except myself sometimes mm. and so now when I ask those questions and I'm feeling the anxiety the frustration the anger what what am I trying to prove I I ask myself Diana are you dismissing some part of your life and Leanne sometimes it's I'm dismissing my well-being. Mm-hmm. I'm dismissing that rest. I'm not listening to my body. My body doesn't want to do this right now. My body actually wants to just go lay down. Because when I do dismiss those things, then I feel like someone's telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. Like so the, out, the, the, you know, the outer life is telling me, oh, you got to keep going. You, you got to keep this train. Yeah. You got to keep on that train. Don't get off that train. Yeah. Because if you get off that train to reset, to, to, to just feel, things might not go well. Mm-hmm. So for you, the a big shift for you or a big like pattern that you're stepping into is instead of going straight into just the hyperactivity, the anger, the ego, whatever, you're starting with let me ask myself all these questions. Yeah. Let me get inquisitive. Yeah. Let me tune in. Okay. And yeah. then that is helping you be able to actually like sift through it. Wait, is this the train I actually want to get on yeah. right now? Even I feel a magnetic pull to it, but is yeah. this really the one I want to get? Yeah. Okay. And, and it's allowing me to make better choices. Yeah. And also acknowledge that I get to make that choice. Mm-hmm. 
I, we have every day in life, we have choices. And every choice has a good consequence or a bad consequence. And for me, understanding that I get to make so many more choices in life right now, I mean, it excites me, but then it like makes me want to also isolate. I'm like, I don't want to make that choice right now. But it doesn't. It's making me empowered. So I'm really stepping into asking myself, where does my body feel right now? And learning to trust those choices. Mm-hmm. That my intuition is really right on right now. Yeah. It is it is really on fire. And I got to listen to that. I've got to listen to that. And then I'm able to kind of navigate better. I'm not as frustrated. I'm not angry. I'm not, you know, um, I don't, I'm, I'm not in that prideful, let me, you know, prove you wrong or let me show you what I can do as a one woman show and, mm-hmm. you know, or ask help from my husband or tell my husband, you know what, I am not going to cook. Let's go out. Yeah. Well, I think the communication of your emotions has been a huge expansive pattern that you're starting to step into Major. is number one, <laughs> not expressing all of the above as anger yeah, and then being able to actually communicate that to your daughters and your husband. Yeah. Yeah. Communication has been big this year. Yeah. Really big this year. I think if I have to say that one of the things that has been most expansive this year in my personal and professional life has been communication Hmm. and saying what I want to say and not being afraid to say my opinion or what I want Mm -hmm. and then that if someone doesn't agree with me it's not that they're dismissing me they just don't agree with me Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and I think one of the things that you touched on before too is So I'm trying to like map out the steps that you're taking now instead of maybe the old limiting ones. So one is like, let me just get curious and start asking these questions. Let me be a little more clear with myself of the the emotions I'm really feeling, not just the surface blanket emotions. Yes. Let me communicate those a little bit better. And then I think a big one for you is how you treat yourself. Yeah. Am I inflicting these wounds? Yeah that I am so terrified others are inflicting on me. Am I dismissing myself? And what was the other one? Oh, the not deserving. Oh, not deserving. Yeah. Am, am I dismissing myself? And am I treating myself like I don't deserve mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's been big this year, the unraveling of, of those two and making the changes, especially in the last two months of a lot of it. Is, you know, sometimes I find myself talking to myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, because I'm because you feel the alarm in your body and like, why? I'm asking a lot of why. Mm-hmm. A lot of why. Mm-hmm. Why? Why does this person make me feel this way? That particular, what I just read makes me uncomfortable. Why? Why does it make me uncomfortable? Yeah. So I'm asking a lot of why. And I'm, you know, I'm going in deep and sometimes I'll journal it out or sometimes I'll just sit with it. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just sit with it. I think I've been sitting a lot. I've been sitting a lot with in silence and it's helping me kind of just ask those bigger questions instead of making myself busy. Yes. Yes. You're soothing, right? It's kind of like we all have our soothers, but some of them, and I'll use the same words, like some of the soothing mechanisms we use are limiting. Yeah. And then other ones are expansive. And yeah. the previous, the limiting soother for you 
was busyness. Oh. And now you're stepping a little bit more into using emotional attunement and those things to help soothe and and then actually get to the root of it. Yeah, and you know, like listen, I'm not I'm not a fan of the hustle culture. I'm not a fan of it, but I sure as hell I'm a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> The image in my mind is like, <laughs> if there's a hustle culture train, <laughs> Diana's you're, on it. you're riding on it, but you've got a sign that says like, I hate this. Uh, listen, that is so funny because that's exactly what I would be doing. You be, I would have my sign from the window with my eyes really wide open <laughs> and be like, I, please get me off this train. <laughs> for sure. That's exactly. And, oh. and I've known that for years, but then that hustle culture, that fight or flight mode, has always been me, but I get to choose when I want to have that. Yeah. And like we said, there's, there's some times when it's actually beneficial for you. Yes. Well, I think that is so good to talk about because I've heard this and maybe we talked about this before, but I've heard this from other people who have said like, you know, all the wounds from my past made me super anxious and ergo super hyperactive. And that was the reason I was able to be as successful as I am. And I think there's people who feel afraid that if they clear out those deeper wounds and the anxiety goes away, their ability to work at such an intense pace will go away. And I think the reality is, no, you know you can work at that pace. That's always going to be there. But now you have a choice. That's the only difference is you get to really choose when you want to work at that pace and when and you that's, don't. So that's such an, so important. So I've always said to my daughter and, and to my husband that having that fight or flight mode and that go-getter hustle culture, angry frustration, I'm, I'm going to prove you wrong attitude helped me get through cancer twice. Yeah. It really did. I was so devoted to healing and so devoted to, to, to make sure that I can get through that. It did help me mm-hmm. for that moment. But if I look at the whole, my entire life, it has done some damage to my soul. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm ready to pick and choose when I want to be that way. Um, and it's a learning process because there are times when I have a hard time not in being the doing. Mm-hmm. Being the, not, you know. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the next month and a half ahead of us. Oh, yeah. And I want to talk about, because I think this is, I call it like subconscious modeling when we can go into the future and anticipate issues and imagine going through those issues in an expansive way, we can imagine ourselves embodying the behaviors and patterns that we actually do want to, to live in, in those moments. So let's do this. Like both of us, let's share something that's coming up in the next month or month and a half, like an anticipated issue or anxiety or point of overwhelm. And let's talk about how we can get through those in expansive ways. (laughs) What is something that you're like anticipating over the next month? Well, you know, I have my echocardiogram coming up in about four weeks to see if the medicine that I'm currently on for my heart is working and doing its job. So, you know, I have major anxiety over that. So I'm really going to work on talking myself through that there is no reason, no facts, why this medicine wouldn't be doing its job. Mm -hmm. I feel better. I look better. Mm -hmm. I have removed myself from a very stressful nine to five. Mm -hmm. 
I made the choice to now be my own CEO of personal and professional. And I really see the next few weeks is giving myself some of that isolation Mm -hmm. so that I could breathe through it, love myself, nourish my body, nourish my mind, nourish my spirit, my soul. So when that appointment comes mid-December and my heart rate is going to be at a normal level (laughs) and that I trust that my body is doing what it needs to be doing to heal itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of it has for me, it's, it's the nourishing. It's taking the time to rest, Liam. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of what maybe you would do, like let's say this was last year, same time, you might just be a bundle of anxiety for four weeks oh and then frustrated mm-hmm. just ask my husband yeah <laughs> he'll be like yeah you know it would show it would show the anxiety of the fear of that appointment would show up in anger frustration and I would be like a lunatic mm-hmm. of being trying to be busy to mask the fear of that appointment yeah so but I'm trying to really not do that this time. I'm trying to just step into it. It is scary. It's okay to be scared. Yeah. yeah. This is really hard. And people who've gone through this or are going through this right now. Yeah. It's really hard. And it's okay to acknowledge that it's hard. One hundred. It's, it's imperative that we acknowledge. <laughs> I mean, it's not about just going, no, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. It, that's the emotional bypass. It's going, I'm afraid. Yeah. Let me just first say that. Let me make sure I hear that from myself. Mm -hmm. And then can I sit with it a little bit more? Mm -hmm. Why am I afraid? And by the way, it's not bad to be afraid in some of these moments, right? You know, you you can go down that whole train, but I think a huge piece of it is making ourselves feel hurt. And that's what has been really expansive for me is I'm like, I never used to say I'm scared. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, I'm scared. Yeah. I really am. I'm really scared of the outcome. I'm really scared things are not going to, I'm really scared. Mm-hmm. I'm just fucking scared. Yeah. And, but then that also allows me to, okay, you are scared. All right. What can we do today to regulate that nervous system, calm it down? And so what does that look like for someone like me who's always on that high speed train? <laughs> That's to literally rest and calm down mm-hmm. and do the things that are not so fast paced. So that's what I'll be doing the next four weeks, even though this is candle season and I am having things done, but I do love what I do and I love doing that kind of stuff. But I've also put myself some big breaks, you know, Thanksgiving weekend, nothing on the calendar. Um, You know, I know when my stop end date is going to be um, for me doing any kind of in-person events. And I really am going to be super flexible with my evenings where Mm. if I want to binge on a show, I'm going to. Yeah. And I will be living in my pajamas (laughs) for the next six weeks. I love it. I love it. That's so good. Yeah. I think for me, from my end, sort of anticipated moments that are going to be difficult in the next month and a half are, I know that there's some more really hard conversations I need to have with family members about, some heavy topics and I'm not so afraid of the conversations. What happens though is, and again, the old pattern is that I have those conversations 
And then because it was so scary and destabilizing, I go home and completely dissociate and just like check out and shut down from life. And so for me, what I really, really want to do over this next month and a half is same things that I said before, like be very committed to maintaining a baseline of health, nourishing my body and like very intentionally, like knowing after I have some of these conversations, intentionally being like, okay, I am still going to make myself a nourishing dinner. Or if I don't have the energy, buy myself a really nourishing dinner. Again, it's not about like forcing hard things on ourselves, but just because I know, I know the, I'm going to want to just completely turn into a blob and not care for myself at all. And so it's just being like, no, I am going to go on a walk. I'm going to keep yeah, I'm just going to maintain this baseline of health. And be present. And be present. I don't usually dissociate in the conversations. And I do feel really confident that in those conversations, I know that I'm able to maintain the boundaries that have already been set. Or if it's going somewhere that I'm uncomfortable with, I'm, I'm confident that I can be like, I'm not comfortable talking about that right yeah. now. Or I can't take on your anxiety right now you need to be able to carry that because I can't carry it for you. Oh, that's such a big one. And things like that. And then I think the other the other one too is same thing. Like Leanne, making sure you're not isolating yourself to an extreme. And for me, I like for me, it's very extreme. It's like I won't text people back for two months. Yeah. I won't call my mom for a few months. And that's not, not because I'm like angry at them, but no. because I have just completely... I'm living in like a la-la dreamland where nothing exists and nothing's real and oh no, no one cares about me. Like this weird, weird place. So yeah. this, the next month and a half, I'm going to be really intentional about like texting my best friend and being like, I'm not in a good place. I feel myself dissociating. Can we have a weekly call to make sure yeah. I don't shut you out for two months? Yeah. Those check-ins. Yes. The check-ins and those little things like that. So I know they sound so small. <laughs> it's like so minute. But I do think those are going to be the biggest things for me over this next month and a half is like maintaining social contact and maintaining like a baseline of nourishing my body and my mind. And that's why these conversations are so important because we see each other every two weeks now and and we were seeing each other frequently for lunch or for, you know, work dates and stuff like that. But these conversations have become so healing to me because I am really opening up a portal on a new friendship, but also with myself that I'm willing to, to, to say things that I wouldn't have said before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I come here and it's like, I'm not alone. Leanne understands some of the things I'm going through for someone else out there who's going to listen to this be like oh yeah I get you girl mm-hmm. and and this this what we're doing right now these conversations are um, about you and I creating community with ourselves but also with other people out yeah yeah no it's so true I, it has been so healing for me I think keeping me out of that isolation because as you know uh, earlier this year because of all the things I've been working through I did go into that isolation a little bit for probably two months there. And it got to a tipping point where yeah. I was like, okay, this is this is going downhill yeah, and like it's, it's picking up speed. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to you and, mm-hmm. and I told you yeah. when we met up, I was like, I 
I am not in a good place yeah. and I need to connect more with people. And I was so grateful to have you as some, as one of those people. Yeah. And then we can, we can make, we make a commitment to each other to do these, share our personal life and share the things that we're going through in hopes that it will, you know, be of service to someone else, but know that these are like, I will walk out of here and I have to go deal with an appointment right now, but um, I will walk out of here. I feel stronger than I did when I came in mm. and um, less um, anxious and ready to take on the next four to six weeks and really enjoy my children. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel, I feel lighter. Yeah. And like that inner fire has been fed and stoked. Yeah. You know, whereas like when you deal with so many things on your own, it's like that inner fire just starts to fizzle out and then it's so hard to get it lit again. Oh, yeah. And I feel like these conversations are like intervening before it dies out. It's like, no, okay, I'm feeding that fire again. Yep. Like I'm, I'm going to keep that alive and <laughs> nourished. <laughs> so I love it. I love you. This was so good. This Thank you so, so much. I love you. I'm excited for these next couple weeks to oh, like yeah. check in with each other and yeah. be like, okay, are Diana, are you isolating? Leanne, are you not isolating? <laughs> that will be the question. <laughs> Literally, it's like, are we doing the exact opposite yep. of what the other's yep. doing? Because we're in like such yep. different places. I know, I know. <laughs> I love it.